0: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
1: From 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville. Glad you're with us. Just like that, Chad, the final hour is here. We are back. There's a buzz in the air. We're hitting October this weekend. We turn the calendar, the heart of... The NFL is about to pick up, big storylines, and of course, college football with plenty of conference play to discuss.
2: Hutton, there's both a buzz in the air and a chill in the air. It finally feels like football season around here, at least it does in Nashville right now.
1: Josh Pate joins us, uh, always wearing the short short sleeve shirts, I'm sure, as uh, he makes his Pate State tour. Sideline to sideline. Josh, we said uh, uh, prior to you joining us with the OutKick Tour last fall, the only difference, I think, in how much fun you're having versus us is you have sideline access, and uh, we were not allowed on campuses based on CBS uh, and, and their... Uh, <laughs> it, no, it helps to be
2: affiliated
1: with the SEC. Yes. You know, if
2: you get the TV rights the SEC, you're in a, a winning position. Uh, with Fox last year, they have no SEC rights. Which meant, Josh, we have no rights either uh, on SEC campuses. So, <laughs> so get ready. Congratulations. For, uh, get for ready
1: for uh, for Big Big Ten access moving forward, Josh. Congratulations. <laughs> I do not
0: have the clearance <clears throat> to apologize on behalf of the company, <laughs> but I will independently apologize yes, there and say, go. "Thank you." That's a shame. That that's too bad. Is my official company stance there? And, well, we man. don't have
1: the clout to ask for an apology from the company. That's so right. thank you for saying that. Smart man. Uh, uh, late kick off to. Uh, uh, a great start to the season. Um, I'm following on YouTube. Everyone listening should be doing the same on the evenings. Um, biggest surprise storyline based on all the previews that you've done leading into September, Josh, would be what right now? I
0: think the how rapid we saw a tier one develop. I i i like to i like to traffic in my own kind of power ratings. I don't like to look at the AP, so I like to have my own numbers. Whether they're right or not is an entirely different story, but I like to have my numbers uh, to reference. And right now, man, we did a segment the other night where I just put up you know, what my top 25 in the country would be right now, but I just base it purely on odds making and whatnot. And in any given order, Bama, Ohio State, and Georgia are going to be your one, two, three. What's crazy is there's a gap of 14 points, like two touchdowns is the gap between number three and number four. And then there's only a seven-point gap between number four and number 25. So you have very, very pronounced tiers already. So there has not really, thus far, I think I guess Texas came the closest, there's not been anyone really cracked the veneer of that tier one. But outside of that tier one, guys, it is a total madhouse. And that's why you're seeing a lot of quote unquote crazy upsets every week. It's really not crazy. If you, if you strip away what the ranking says about a team. And you just look at how wide the gap is because there's not a wide gap at all.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm glad you bring this up because I think the, the, the critics would say, oh, there are three teams that are going to win the title. Great. But to your point, I don't know. that The, the parity between the rest of the 25 maybe has never been closer, at least in recent years. Um, and, and that's a great thing for the sport week to week.
0: It's phenomenal. It depends on which lens you choose to view the sport through we've you. We we've talked about this when I've come on this show before about how I'm a big regular season guy. And this is one of the reasons why. Because if you're just a playoff person, if, if you think that every game that doesn't have playoff implications is meaningless, what a miserable existence you must be living right now. Because you got phenomenal games every week that feature teams that probably wouldn't stand much of a chance if they were on the field with Ohio State or Bama. But I'm going to watch Iowa State, Kansas, this weekend, I think that's a really, really good game. I thought I thought Baylor and Oklahoma State coming up this weekend, or Baylor and Iowa State last week. Really good matchup. So you can either traffic in the more casual playoff-oriented stance, which I advocate for if you're a pro football fan, but it's not the way any college football fan should be living their lives.
2: Josh, I don't know if it's unique to this season, but I do feel like we know so much about individual teams already. You know, we know the identity, we kind of know what they are and, and who they are. I'm going to use Tennessee as an example with this. We thought coming into the season, hey, that offense under Josh Heupel, it's a great offensive system. They've got some players. They should be really good. But what if the rest of the country kind of catches up to what they're doing? Uh, We now know, I feel like, through four games, Tennessee's going to have a great offense throughout. They're going to score a bunch of points. Their secondary is not very good. We know a lot about this team. But when you watch that game against Florida and the performance offensively in that game, And I feel like Pat Narduzzi is also pretty good, uh, devising a defense and what Tennessee was able to do against them. Just how big is that for Josh Heupel, for the benefit of the doubt he gets from the fan base to show up and beat Florida in a game that everyone was watching?
0: I we were at that game, and I thought to myself afterwards, observing the celebration, that would not make sense for you if you just passively observe the sport. And if you're more a baseball fan or like even an NFL fan and you dabble in college football, if you turned on Tennessee, Florida, and all you knew was the point spread, it would not have made any sense to you that that team there in orange and white is celebrating and they're about to throw a borderline parade. I mean, post game, it was wild down there on the field. And so if you turn it on and you say, the 10-point favorite didn't even cover, why are they so out of their minds celebratory? If you know the history of that rivalry, if you understand how massive that hurdle has been for that program. And it's one of three hurdles they've had. They got two more of them down the road. But if you understand how massive that was to get over, that celebration all makes sense. Here's another thing about that game. Last year, Tennessee's problem was they start fast and then they plateau. Well, they scored 35 of their 38 after the first quarter in that game. So that's another solid change that you've seen under Hypo. And the third thing, going back to that pit game, I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you actually watch the game, you would convince yourself we made every error imaginable in that contest. That's the kind of game we lose by 14 last year. Somehow we find a way to win. So I looked at Tennessee coming out of that game and I said, wow, like they went up there, they beat a pretty good pit team, didn't even play close. They probably played C plus or B B minus ball relative to what they're capable of. And I, I, I listened to some people after the Tennessee Florida game and they you know it's the pessimistic side of folks who who want to say yeah they got that win but you can't win with that secondary you can't beat so and so with that secondary and look i know what they mean by that but football teams are not kitchen appliances it's not like if you have one faulty part on a football team there's just terminal illness and there's no way it can function It's just about how good your strengths are at masking your weaknesses. Kentucky's undefeated right now. they got a bad offensive line. They can't run the ball. They're still undefeated because they found a way to mask it. Tennessee's undefeated right now. They've got big games coming up against teams that can throw the football. They'll they'll have to outscore them. But they've got the capability of doing it is the point. So you can win with a flawed team because I got news. Even those three we talked about at the top, they're not perfect either. So they all got flaws.
1: He's the host of Late Kick Live, the Late Kick podcast. Uh, Josh Pate's with us. Uh, Pate State on Outkick 360. Well,
2: you mentioned Kentucky there, and you mentioned the history between Tennessee and Florida. Not a ton of history between Kentucky and Ole Miss in these two programs, but Josh, I feel like this is uh, my favorite game of the week this weekend in the SEC when you look at this matchup between these two teams. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about Kentucky going to Ole Miss and taking on Lane Kiffin's team?
0: Turnovers. I think the game is going to be decided by turnovers. This is the one we chose to go to. I think it's the best game in the country Saturday. I think it will end up being the most entertaining game in the country. Um, The first thing that people need to know is you're probably wrong in your perception of Ole Miss if you haven't watched them. Because most people who just know Lane Kiffin and they think they know Ole Miss, you just think they throw the ball all over the place, which is not what they've done at all. You also may very well be wrong about Kentucky. These are two teams that people know of, but but don't kid yourself. Very few people have watched all four quarters of all their games so far. So you probably think about Kentucky and you think hard nose, ground and pound, solid offensive line, good run game. They're bad at running the ball right now. Offensive line is not good. And so neither of these teams have a reality that matches the perception. I think Altmaier and Dart, in no particular order, at quarterback for Ole Miss – have made very questionable decisions this year. They haven't had to pay for them in the form of a loss yet. On the other side, Kentucky's given up 16 sacks so far this year. They haven't had to pay for it in the form of a loss. To me, when you combine those two things, it sounds so much like a recipe for a turnover-filled game. I know that Kentucky gets Rodriguez back at running back. I don't know that it's going to up their yards per carry average enough to where the ground game can carry them. So it's going to be on Will Levis. It's going to be on those... Uh, uh, quarterbacks for Ole Miss and I, I think there is so little skill in forecasting this game because of how big I think turnovers will be in deciding the outcome.
1: What am I missing on Ole Miss Chad, Josh? I, I don't I haven't seen enough to know that they're a touchdown better uh, than other Kentucky. Other than Ole Miss
2: missing their student section at home games because they're, they're leaving early or, or not seen, showing up.
1: I've at least seen Kentucky go on the road once in the SEC and beat Florida um, and no matter how we view Florida Kentucky did that. And Ole Miss, I mean, again. Yeah, they're, they're a they're seven-point h- favorite.
2: And, and by the way, Josh, I love that you picked that game to go to this weekend. I, I'm with you. I think it's the best. But yeah. that, that spread does jump out to me as one of those what questions is, where you always say, what does Vegas know? Yeah. What does Vegas know yeah. that we don't about this game?
0: It's just preseason default. That's all it is. It is preseason default on Ole Miss. And that's not to knock them. The, the default may be validated. But what you guys just said is accurate. There's no way you can know for better or for worse. I think both these teams were sleepwalking last week. So I don't really value last week's results at all. But independent of last week, Ole Miss goes on the road. They smash Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a corpse of a football program right now. It just doesn't mean anything. So you can't possibly have proven anything. This is the week to me that it seems logical to finally start drawing real conclusions or at least making solid observations about Ole Miss. But to answer the question about how you formulate that point spread, you got guys that are really good at what they do and they trust their preseason odds making. And that's pretty much what they're working off of with Ole Miss. Now, I took Kentucky to win the game because I happen to believe there's a little inflation there. And if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But like I said, I don't think there's a whole lot of skill in it because of how much turnovers are going to matter either way.
2: Would you describe Auburn as a corpse of a football program? right now because they win an SEC game last week and I come out of that game feeling worse about both them and Missouri uh, after that performance. What, what is the state of that group right now being led by Brian Harson? Because, oh, by the way, they host LSU this Saturday.
0: Well, everybody knows they're headed towards the cliff. The only thing you don't know is how far away is the cliff. That's really all that is left to decide. I mean, is it, is it one loss away? Do you have to get to the bye week? Is there a certain ugliness that a loss has to take? Because we already saw one of them when they were facing Penn State at home. So I think that everyone around there, and I mean everyone, whether they they officially admit they know it or not, I think everyone around there understands what the deal is. I, at the same time, don't know that a lot of folks understand there's still an athletic director search that's going on down there, and they don't know how far along they are in deciding that. They got a search firm kind of working on that. So it's a mess. And I just, here's my question. If you're going to pull the lever on it, if, if we come to find out that it's one of those, remember the Titans, lose a game and we'll fire you sort of deals. Well, who's pulling the lever? Who even decides that? Absent an athletic director, is the president doing it? Is is the... The booster that draws the shortest straw is that who does it? I don't even know how that works right
1: maybe now. Maybe Harson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe he just throws the deuces up voluntarily.
2: <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe it's the Boise State AD that makes the decision for everyone yeah. and decides to pluck him from an existing job uh, so he can go back well, home. Who
0: knows? What a situation that is. Yeah. By the way, how often does that happen? Where your former job is just kind of, it's kind of there and it's kind it's of waving at you. Yeah. Remember what we had, Brian. We can have it again.
2: Josh, you've been big on Arkansas and the culture there under Sam Pittman. Boy, that was uh, a devastating loss on, on Saturday night, the way they lost that game where you feel like they've got it when they take the early lead and then down the stretch and the field goal and everything else. But you like the culture there. What do you think about their bounce back this week as they host Alabama, a team they had a ton of success against a year ago in a near win?
0: Well, here's the problem with last year. They gave up 671 total yards to Alabama, which is the most Saban's ever had against a ranked team in his time in Tuscaloosa, ever. They rushed for like two and a half yards per carry last year. Those are critical metrics that they failed in miserably in that game. Now, here's the plus side, potentially. Obviously, Bama has not been the same team on the road over the past couple of years, that we came to know them as under Nick Saban. So all that could be rendered moot just by the mere location of the game this Saturday. But the other thing is, there is a big lie that gets told a lot in our sport. And that lie is you are what your record says you are. Because we hear it said on Sundays so often, and it's true on Sundays. In the Saturday game, you can get badly misled by looking at a team's record and comparing them to another team and that team's record because of the strength of schedules are so disproportionate team-to-team, conference-to-conference. And the fact of the matter is Arkansas should not win Saturday. They should get beat. Uh, They were also a point-spread underdog, albeit a small one, to A&M. So I watched that game. I thought Arkansas was the better team. I still do, but that doesn't matter. They lost the game. But the point is, if if they come out of this weekend and they lose 38-21, to my opinion on Arkansas doesn't change. I look at them And I think there is about that wide a gap between them and Bama, even at home. So if they perform right in line with my expectation level, why should I shift off what I think about them? But that's not the way this sport works. A lot of times you automatically have to get penalized for a loss, and I have to automatically think less of you. And that's just not the way I go about it. take a lot of flack for it, but I think it's common sense. I actually think that is logical, but I can guarantee you, because you guys know the sport like I do, if they lose this week, there will be a ton of sarcastic. What do you think about Arkansas now? Well, my answer will deadpan. And I'll say probably the same thing I did. Now, if they lose 55 to three, that's a little different story. But if they're competitive and they just get beat by a better team, they just get beat by a better team. That's the way this thing works. No one, even me, predicted them to go undefeated. I didn't predict them to win 11 games or 10 games. I predicted them to be a solid team. Still think they are a solid team. And that's uh, that's my stump speech for Arkansas right now. When do you go live tonight? We will go live in about two and a half hours, seven central, eight eastern.
1: I nearly invited you over for some moonshine and a beer, but uh, you know it's like, oh, he's about to go live. So. Yeah, he's, he's got, gonna, he's got gonna, a show. We're going to keep it clean before for, the show here. How long have you been in Nashville, Josh? Since January of 2020,
0: I got here, and then we got a pandemic, and we got a tornado, and we got bombed all
1: in the span of the next few months. Yeah, I mean that's that's the. That's the trifecta. So,
2: where are you going next? I guess is the question from
1: all Nashvilleians. Yeah. If you're bringing that luck to this city, hmm.
0: <laughs> I uh, will Oxford immediately. So, heads up Mississippi, I guess is what I should say.
1: Hey, maybe, maybe Knoxville after that for uh, Bama and and the Crimson Tide. That's where we'll be. Look, so maybe we I le- look. I, I've been
0: taking a ton of grief for how SEC heavy our tour has been, but I, I will promise you, if that's a matchup of undefeateds. Yeah. Having grown up in the household I did in the South and understanding what third Saturday in October means, there is nothing short of law enforcement that would keep me away <laughs> from that place.
2: I mean, as long as you have the relationship with your parent company in the SEC, I'd go to an SEC game every week. Yeah, man. If I, you you're you not going to get any grief from us on, on those decisions. Because soon you're going to be rowing the boat That's with Minnesota. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Minnesota in, in November is lovely, Josh. Let me tell you, it's, it's not going to be cold at all. It's going to be perfect.
0: That's what, uh, that's what I hear, and I would love to just continue to hear that instead of experiencing it, but <laughs> I don't know what awaits me in my future. Uh,
1: Late Kick Live, uh, catch it tonight and uh, every weeknight uh, with uh, Josh Pate, Pate State. Always great to catch up, man. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it, guys. There he is, 24-7 sports, CBS sports. He's got a I'm very good happen.
2: way about him of giving sort of a no-nonsense um, yeah. you know, approach to yes. it, and I, I, I did really like what he said, and he said this a lot about there's this just predisposition in college football that's like the old AP voter. You know, how they how you vote in the AP poll. Like, if you lose, well, you're automatically going to go down a bunch of notches, yeah. regardless of how the loss looks or regardless of what happened in the game. And then, oh, they won, but okay, so they're going to stay in this spot in the AP poll, even if they won by one point against an
1: awful team. Um, but it, it's also because it's, you predicted that, so you want it to happen. Yeah, so you want like to keep I, them within range, I, one way or the I'm other. I'm
2: with them on Arkansas in that. You know, I, I feel a lot better about AM than I did after the loss to, to App State because they beat Miami and they beat Arkansas. But yet I watched that game, and it's not like my takeaway is, man, you know Arkansas maybe isn't as great as we thought right. coming into the season. It's, man, Arkansas should have won that game. They, K.J. Jefferson made a dumb play trying to stick the ball out. And then AM made a heads up play, handing it to another defender to run it back 99 yards for a touchdown. Then their kicker hit it off the top of the upright. They were beat
1: by their own by their own formula. Beat yeah, them. I mean that's, I, mean, that's I, I
2: don't. It doesn't make me think like oh well, maybe Arkansas under Sam Pittman's not as good as we thought. No, they're every bit as good. And I'm expecting. Let's put it this way: 17 is the line. Arkansas is going to cover that 17. I feel confident in saying that.
1: Would you bet our next guest's tip jar on that? On that line, on that cover. I'm guessing. On the th- QR code, I'm, there's not even a jar anymore. I'm
2: guessing her tip jar is is probably more than I'm usually comfortable betting. So, no. More than your $5. I'm a, I'm a and small. 17
1: cents or I'm a,
2: I'm a usually like a $2 to $5 a bet
1: type guy. Yeah. So, no. So, um, if you're listening to our radio network across the Outkick network, you may, from time to time, especially Thursdays and Fridays, you may hear like, man, it sounds like they're, you know, at a bar, but we are. But you can also hear like you know cover bands and our, our next guests. We hear a lot of Shania Twain. That's number one, Chad, on yep. the air. Um,
2: we hear a lot l- of Alan Jackson. A lot
1: of, yeah, a lot of Alan Jackson. Some George Strait. For sure. Maybe, maybe a little Garth, especially little on Garthies. Fridays. Yep. Uh, Brenna Bone, though, uh, is fantastic on Thursdays. Most Thursdays, she's playing here at 6th and Peabody. She's popping in studio with us as we find out uh, the QR code and what that's worth on the screen here at 6th and Peabody for all these requests that come in. Because we we uh, hear the announcement on a weekly basis.
2: We're going to give you a feel for our our home
1: in this next segment. And then one big thing on every NFL game for the upcoming weekend, starting tonight, as we will watch Miami take on Cincinnati. That's all coming up on OutKick360. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. You're hearing Brenna Bone there. You can hear her at 6th and Peabody uh, with uh, Thursday's edition. During our show, you can probably hear her in the background uh, in the main area here, city block long. Chad, we, we always like to say uh, 6th and Peabody's at the corner of Peabody and 6th in downtown Nashville, uh, but it, it goes all the way to 8th, right? Yes deceptively it's, larger than what you may think based on our studio size here. It's
2: a full city block, right? That's right. That's what we've been, that's what we've been told. That's, uh,
1: that's how we hype it up. Uh, Brenda just got off stage. She joins us in studio, and she finally found our studio for the first time. Welcome <laughs> in.
4: Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is so cool in here.
1: How long have you been playing here at Sixth and Peabody on Thursdays?
4: I want to say since February. We play sometimes like two, usually two to three times a, a month, so... Yeah.
2: Are, are, have you lost all nerves right now when it comes yes. to this? Like, are, are you nervous at all or never?
4: Um, Right now, I'm very nervous. You guys are oh. going to ask me a bunch of questions about sports. Yeah,
1: that's coming. We have our guests. So, so,
4: yes, but as far as like, you know, getting on stage, no, because I'll tell you what, I have been thrown for a curve so many times that you just kind of like get used to it.
2: So, what's your take on these Major League Baseball rules? No I'm, I'm oh, kidding. no, I'm not going to get into that. No. no, we're I'm not, not going to do that, that to you. Um, I, it's amazing to me because we were out here getting ready for the show, and and you were taking the stage, and I, it, it's like the whole you know rock stars want to be the sports people, and sports yeah. people want to be rock stars, but yeah. I look up there and think this is not something that I would want to do because I would not be in my safe space if I were on stage yeah. trying to do that and performing songs for people. Um, is there ever a day where you get up there and think? Man, you know, today may not be the day for me for this, or is it always fun for you?
4: Um, I'd say it's always fun for me. Um, and I remember talking to some friends, like actually pretty recently about this. This has always been my dream. Like I used to stand on the fireplace at home and like put on shows for the neighborhood, you know? Um, so like, it's always been a comfortable place for me to be on a stage. Um, whereas other people, they don't even like talking in front of people. Um, I will say there was one time specifically that sticks out that I was so nervous. I wanted to throw up. Um, I sang the national anthem at the NASCAR races here in Nashville for opening NASCAR weekend. That was huge because, one, you don't want to mess up the national anthem at all in general. Two, especially on NASCAR opening weekend. So... Um, that was a time where I was like, "Why am I doing this to myself?" But as soon as I was done, I was like, "Let's go again." You know, it's one of those adrenaline things. And
1: that's a really difficult song to sing, right? Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Is it a long anthem or short anthem for you? Because there's an over under for the Super Bowl. Well, right? they like, were
4: taking bets that day too. Okay. Um, they gave me—I I can't remember exactly—but I want to say I couldn't go over two minutes,
1: so or, that's, they, that's or they were
4: going to cut me, or they were going to cut me. Cut me off.
2: I mean, that that's an idle threat. Like, if yeah. you go to oh, 215. They're going to cut off the yeah. anthem. I mean, I, I would have, uh, you're probably way nicer than we are, but I would have told the person who told me that, okay, sure.
4: And you're going to cut off our national
2: anthem because <laughs> I, cut. i you know, carry out the note a little bit
4: longer right. on it. Sure. Right, right. Yeah. Singer
1: songwriter uh, Brenna Bone in, in studio with us at six and Peabody. You can catch her on Thursdays and then pop in and say hello with us uh, here in studio with Outkick 360. Uh, most requested song. That you get is which song,
4: man? I feel like a woman, man.
1: We hear that a lot here.
4: As soon as the, as soon as the girls, especially if there's bachelorette parties in the room, they hear that, and they go
1: wild. So, do you charge for that? Like, are you saying like, hey, scan the QR code? We hear that (laughs) a lot from the Friday stage guys.
4: Yeah, um, you know, we always do the. We work for tips, and you know, send us what you want to hear and. There are certain songs that we know people are gonna request. Um, wagon Wheel, we usually don't play unless it's like a thirty dollar request because.
1: Good. Yeah, it's worth will. thirty. Bucks. It, I, mean, I mean, it's
2: worth whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Are you like? Have you ever thought about just giving a list of like, here are the songs that I can sing and will sing, or is it just, hey, make a request and we'll, you know, see if uh, if we can play it.
4: Um. We pretty much try to sing every single request we get, no matter if I've ever heard it before or not. I'll pull my phone down off my little stand for a second and listen to it, you know, for just the verse or whatever. And usually my guitar player will uh, pick up the, the chords on his phone. So we try to play whatever everybody wants to hear, whether we know it or not. You're
2: telling me that you can just play the song once in your ear and then go back and just, you have the words in front of you? Yes. And you sing it back? With your guitar player playing? Yes,
4: usually, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, We're
1: going to yeah, start making requests. Like a human
4: jukebox. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> amazing. We're going to start making requests. And we're going to send uh, Matt, we're going to send Matty Ice out here to you on Thursdays <laughs> with uh, the 360 requests. Absolutely. Um, so I, I've had people that have asked me about getting into the media business, sports media. I'm like, look, if you can make it, and most of the people I graduated with in college yeah. are now like selling insurance or cars.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, if you can make it a decade... You can make it, right? Right. You're gonna start making some money after a decade, right? That's very difficult to people.
4: Yep.
1: Music business.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: How would you describe it based on your experience? Because a lot of people, like, there are songs about Nashville. Jason Aldean's got them. They call right? it a
4: ten-year town.
1: Yes. Yep. Is so that that's true here too. The the decade long. You got to make it a decade yeah. in order to get your foot in the door.
4: I would say it's pretty much true. Um, honestly like there's so many talented people in this in you know this city and everybody's here trying to do the same thing it comes down to a lot of it is about who you know I will say a lot of it is about who you know but that comes with networking you've got to put yourself out there you got to be out at the bars and shaking hands and doing all that but it, I think making it also comes down to like who has the dedication? Because there's days where I've, I mean, you, like you said, you've, you hear about it. I've played to nobody in the bar, and then I've, I've played to, I just opened for Jimmy Allen. I don't even know how many thousands of people were there. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm opening for Jimmy right now, but then tomorrow there's going to be nobody at my show. You know, so it's like this is what your career does in this town, and yes. it's like who's got the, the, the drive and, and the dedication to stick it out you know, for those 10 years. or Hopefully it's a little bit shorter than that, but... (laughs)
1: but Yeah, that's my average that I throw out there because that really separates the people that want it versus the people that don't. Right, right. Well, I mean,
2: you're playing, you know, you're opening for Jimmy Allen. You said thousands of people there and then you've got a late afternoon crowd here a lot of times Mm -hmm. that it's packed and people are into it. Yeah. I I have a confession to make. If I'm in a bar or a place that plays live music and it's a small crowd... Like, I, I feel like shame, embarrassment for the act that's singing to the yeah. small crowd that's not there for the music. Yeah. Is that me putting my own thing on the scene? I feel bad for the person, or do you not really care? Obviously, you want a bigger crowd, but uh-huh. are, are you used to it where it's like, whatever, I don't care. I'm here for a paid gig to do this and I'm going to do it.
4: Sometimes, like, I don't know. So it depends on the day and I guess like how I'm feeling. Also, if I've had a couple drinks, because <laughs> if I've had a couple drinks, it's like, whatever, I'm going to just, you know, have, have so much fun. Regardless, it's fun for me. But it's so much fun when the crowd is engaging and like, you know, clapping or not even necessarily like clapping for me, but just, you know, engaging and wanting to hear music and letting us know what they want to hear and what they like and all that.
2: Does a small crowd make you drink more or does a big (laughs) crowd make you drink more?
4: Oh, geez. So it's either
2: like, I I want this feeling of no one watching to go away or I want this feeling of nerves to go away.
4: I think the big crowd makes me drink more because they start buying me shots and everything else. Smart. And I'll tell you what, I, I... they buy me shots here and there's not a bad one that I've had so <laughs> I can't I can't help it. I is that the, pumpkin on your desk? Uh, that is, is
1: uh cream sickle. This is oh. orange uh orange cream sickle. Oh I got it? excited. Yeah. Well, the or, uh, yeah, mean, right here's <laughs> pumpkin. This is pumpkin pie, right? Yeah, this is pumpkin pie moonshot. I had no
4: idea. Okay. It's actually
1: funny that people buy you
2: shots because Davey right here actually just bought you a shot too. Oh, here we go. He's going to bring you one also.
1: (laughs) Brennabone.com, the website uh, where you can uh, listen to her music and not hear Shania Twain.
4: And buy my new merch.
1: Yeah, uh, the merch, uh, the Brennabone sweatshirts, among other things, I'm sure. Um, Tell us about the new single and how we can go listen to it.
4: Um, the new single is called I Don't Deserve You. It's on all streaming platforms. There's a visual um, out on YouTube. Um, so you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, wherever you listen to your music. Um, yeah, it's been doing great so far. I've been having a lot of fun with it. So,
1: Thanks for finding us back here.
4: Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been so much fun.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Pop it anytime. You can discuss your inherited uh, Cleveland Browns fandom <laughs> and anything else. But-
4: I, su- I studied. I studied like... <laughs> Three players that I was like, okay, if they ask me anything, I I know these three players.
2: That's great. <laughs> I, I love a guest that does research before they come in here with us. Yeah, so you're, I was worried. You're, you're ask always about. welcome now. if you did research,
1: thank you. Music artist it. here, uh, Brenna Bone has been our guest. Check her out on Instagram as well. Good to see you. Thank you. Uh, so coming up, one big thing on every NFL game going into the weekend. Starting Brenna's going to tell us one big game. thing on every yeah. NFL game when we That's come right. back. We're going to get with her all reaction the research to it. She did. She's ready to go. That's all. Next so now, kick three sixty. show has really flown by today. Yeah. Outkick 360. Final segment already? It's here. Rolls on. Uh, big things to our show entire show has crew. been so
2: quick this week, by the way. Hunt, it, it feels happen. like Friday today.
1: feels like it's the final segment of our week. But we've got a show tomorrow. Oh, and we, we have a jam-packed show tomorrow. Uh, Jim Lairitz is going to join us, who's been at all the home games for Aaron Judge this year. He's going to hop a train, and he's headed to another one. Uh, And right before that, he's going to join us tomorrow to discuss Aaron Judge and and hitting 61, going for 62 in the record. Um, And we'll preview all things college football and NFL. And we're doing that right now, and we're doing it multiple ways. I've got one big thing that's coming up. First, though, DraftKings.com, the DraftKings app, OutKick.com slash bet is where you go to take advantage of any offer you hear us speak about when it comes to DraftKings through OutKick 360. Bet $5, when 200 in free bets for all new DraftKings users. You've just got to be 21 years or older, and it's got to be your first-time DraftKings sportsbook um, offer here, your first bet, first-time customers. DraftKings, updating the NFL offer. You bet $5 on your initial deposit. You win 200 in free bets. The offer goes live. It's live now for Thursday Night Football. It's through November 20th. OutKick.com slash bet. That's outkick.com slash bet for more information. Uh, Chad, I, I mentioned earlier, Cincinnati, they've got the, the white and black uniforms, new helmets, They're the, the, the all-white helmet for the, the uniforms with the, the black stripes. It's, it looks slick. They're going to look great tonight. They're going to look the part. However, Eli Apple's a part of their defense. And this offseason, Jalen Waddell was asked about Um, The schedule, as was Tyreek Hill. And we have the audio from Tyreek Hill, Chad, of uh, Hill going through the Dolphins schedule. And you'll hear it here, knowing what's at stake whenever he visits Cincinnati as a member of the Dolphins.
0: Are oh, we play on Prime Time that week? I didn't even
4: know that. Amazon Prime. Are oh, we playing on Amazon Prime? That? Oh, that's gonna be lit right there. I ain't even know that for real. But yeah, we're looking forward to the who we play? Bagels. We're Looking forward to the challenge. It's gonna be fun, you know? And
0: I can't wait to go against Eli Apple, man. I owe you, boy. I owe you. I'm here. The cheetah is here.
1: So I wanna there go with go. the Bengals, but Cheetah's then I, here. I hear Tyreek Hill say that months ago, and I think, oh, this this dude's about to go off. He's been Putting up numbers all season. And we all know Eli Apple sucks. You know? And by saying that, his mom's gonna tweet us. Don't at me. Um we we know that Hill's gonna get the the advantage over Eli Apple in this game. You would think. You taking Miami?
2: I am uh no.
1: I'm not taking <laughs> Miami. I'm taking Cincinnati. Tua's playing. It's those uniforms, Hutton. I feel like the uniforms are gonna be the difference for Cincinnati. It's the first matchup of Tua and Burrow since twenty nineteen where uh, we saw LSU beat Alabama 46-41 in that epic college football game. Trey Hendrickson recorded four tackles, two-and-a-half sacks, and two forced fumbles in Cincinnati's win last week over the Jets. And uh, since 1978, the Dolphins are 14-4 and straight up and 13-5 and against the spread against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have underperformed to this point, um, but have a chance on a short week hosting Miami to even their overall record. Here is one big thing on the rest of the NFL slate. So we kick off early Sunday morning in London. God save the King. The league's 100th game played outside of the United States. The 41st regular season international game in the NFL history books. The league has also played 59 preseason international contests. That's how you add this up here to get to 100, and that's what they're going to push. They're not going to tell you about the preseason games. They're going to tell you about the 100 international Because for years games. and years, it was only preseason games that would be played abroad. The Lions did not give uh, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson any space. Um, and any room to receive anything last week. Two straight weeks he's been shut down. Davey Hudson asked me about this, looking this up. Two and a half yards of cushion on average. That was it that Detroit allowed. Good for the lowest cushion of any receiver in week three. How do they keep up with this? I have no idea. I just trust the numbers here. Jefferson managed just three passes on six targets his way. He caught three of those for 16 yards. And... We saw what happened there uh, in that. So, um, Vikings Saints, who do you want to roll with here? Are you going with uh, the Vikings who have a lot to prove? Are you going with the Saints who should move on from Jameis Winston at this point? 8.30 a.m. kickoff Central Time. Bills and Ravens, next-gen stats here. Lamar Jackson. Chad, if I said Lamar Jackson is blitzed a lot, would that surprise you? defenses are blitzing him a lot it, it,
2: it would surprise me only because it feels like with a guy with his legs you'd want a more of a cage rush yep. and
1: sit in coverage and have a spot as of right now lamar jackson is blitzed more than any starting quarterback in the nfl shows how much i know well it's also kind of stupid if you think about it this guy's rushed for 100 hundred hundred yards in two straight weeks 70 plus yard touchdown runs stop blitzing him but the bills blitz the least amount of any defense so maybe we actually see a defense that stays back and plays him the way we think everyone should play Lamar Jackson the guy who wants to take off and run he's letting it rip as well with deep passes Bears and Giants will Justin Fields complete 10 passes in this game week one against San Francisco he was eight of 17 for 121 yards Week two against Green Bay, he completed seven passes in that game for 70 yards. And week three last week against Houston, he completed eight passes. Will Justin Fields complete 10 passes in this game against the New York Giants?
2: Uh, imagine being in 2022 and the over under for passes is 10 for an NFL team. Didn't think we'd be living in this bizarre yeah, world, but here how,
1: we are in Chicago. We're a first round pick at that. Yeah. Uh, Browns on the road. In Atlanta. Most rushing yards so far, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, and Cordero Patterson. Those are your three leading rushers. No other running back has top 300 yards rushing on the season thus far. Chubb's leading the league in that category. Cordero Patterson is third with 302, and he took off last week. This is a battle of two strong performers um, where Chubb came off that college injury where he broke his leg on the sideline in Neyland. And he's off. I mean, he's he's phenomenal this year. Cordero Patterson played at kneeling, yes, and now he did. And now look at him out of the backfield. I
2: love how for years it felt like people didn't really know exactly what to do with Cordero Patterson. And then Arthur Smith so said, oh, you mean this running back right yeah. here? Yeah, this, he's going to play running yeah, back. This franchise full-time. running back?
1: Yeah. Jags and Eagles, they've got franchise running backs. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence, uh, Franchise quarterback playing like one, efficient on quick passes in week three. In less than two and a half seconds, he completed um, 19 passes in less than two and a half seconds. 162 yards and a touchdown. They're getting the ball out fast and they're efficient with their offense. They're moving the sticks. And uh, looking through what the Eagles have done, Jalen Hurts, another tremendous game for their high-powered attack offensively. He threw for 340 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He threw the ball into a tight window 34% of the time, the highest of any quarterback in week three. Chargers on the road. They're banged up offensively, defensively. It starts at quarterback with Justin Herbert, who, I mean, the rib issue is going to linger. They lost Rashawn Slater at left tackle for the season. They lost Jalen Guyton at wide receiver for the season last week. Now they're on the road against Houston. The Texans, however, allow more yards. They're outgained more than any other defense in the National Football League. Outgained on average 122 yards per game, and their schedule is not that great on teams they've been facing here. So um, the Chargers can get back on track. John McClain told us as much. Yeah, he's a believer. Jets and Steelers, Pittsburgh 06 1 without TJ Watt in their lineup. Over the last two weeks, just seven quarterback hits combined with the pass rush that they have without TJ Watt. Meanwhile, the Jets are one in 10 all time when playing on the road in Pittsburgh. Something's got to give here. Do they get a pass rush against Zach Wilson who makes his first start of the season?
2: I start to decide the fate of the Jets based on Zach Wilson's performance this weekend.
1: Seahawks and Lions. Detroit returns home against a bad Seattle team per the Action Network. I know we mentioned this last week. We said the Lions were favored, or maybe was it two weeks ago? the Lions are listed currently as a four and a half point favorite against the the Seahawks. Detroit has not been listed as a favorite at kickoff in 26 games. That's a record in the Super Bowl era. The last time they were favorites at kickoff was back in 2020 against the Carolina Panthers. Now, they, were, they, they opened as one point underdogs against the Commanders two weeks ago. Then the line moved to two and a half point favorites. And we mentioned the stat then. But by kickoff, they were back to being underdogs again. They're at four and a half right now. I don't think the money moves the line all that much. The Lions are going to be favored to kick off on Sunday.
2: The way the NFL is designed, you got to work really hard to have a stat like that, that the Lions have. So they are congratulations, also, Lions.
1: They're also 3-0 and against the spread to open a season for the first time since 1992. Titans and Colts. Back to the scene of the injury for Derrick Henry, where he broke his foot a year ago, and then the, the Titans continue to run the football, but... It was an uphill climb despite them winning 12 games. And it's been an uphill climb for them to start this season with Derrick Henry. They need him this week on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor missed his first practice ever as a football player. Not in the NFL, not in college, as a football player yesterday. And he's got a a toe issue. He's back today though. How much will that affect him on game day, the fact that he missed a practice and they're acknowledging that it's an issue coming off of last week's game against Kansas City. It's a battle of running backs, the best one, their team's winning. Commanders and Cowboys. Cooper Rush finished Monday night football by going 5 of 6, 108 yards, and he he targeted receivers at the intermediate level between 11 and 20 yards. Very precise in the clutch moments. Cardinals and Panthers. Maybe the best wide receiver you don't know about in the NFL. His name is Greg Dortch for the Cardinals. He gets 4.9 yards of separation on average in week three. That's the most of any receiver in the league last week. He caught nine passes for 90 yards offensively. Christian McCaffrey may not play. That means Deontay Foreman will play for the Panthers if that's the case. Broncos and Raiders, punter Corliss Waitman. Ten punts with at least an average of 47 yards, and he pins six inside the 20-yard line for the Broncos and their 11 to 10 win over San Francisco. Shout out to all the punters. Shout out Brett Kern. Patriots and Packers. The Packers have not faced many plays. Only 160 on the season. That's 30th in the NFL. They've been very good so far at getting three and outs. 33% of the time, it's a three and out and they give the football back to their best quarterback, uh, their top quarterback, their two-time MVP over the last two years, Aaron Rodgers. Chiefs and Buccaneers, they're playing this game in Tampa. Per the Action Network, Tom Brady, 7-2 and straight up and against the spread after a loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rams and 49ers on Monday night football. According to Andrew Siciliano, Jimmy G pressured 12% of the time with Trent Williams on the field. Without him, he's pressured 21% of the time. And now he's facing the Rams front this week in a battle of the NFC West. did it. There's one big thing. You did it. You, did it. you got through every, every game. NFL I didn't think game.
2: it was possible. Didn't think it was going to happen, but you made it through every game. Well done. You earned that sip And we water. made it
1: through this show. Yes. Back at it tomorrow, a big football preview plus Jim Lairitz and more. Hope you'll join us 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern across the Outkick Network.